We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. It is Thursday, February 15th. I am Steve Alexander, Dr. A. That is Rick Kamla, fantasy legend. We got a lot of talk, a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, Wimby's been hot. The Warriors are kind of back. And there was a there was a fist fight pre-NBA uh, game on Valentine's Day. So we'll let, let's find out if that was related to a woman or not. Oh, I'm not even ready to hit the button. Here we go. No sponsors, no sponsors to worry about. And my least prepared (laughs) cold open ever. And it wasn't even on purpose. It just happened. I literally nothing. Steve Alexander, Red. Oh my God! Uh, th- this is this is kind of what it is, man. This is kind of what it is. Um, and uh, and so Steve was alluding to right there here as we begin the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Underdog, brought to you by FanDuel. Um, allegedly, reportedly, uh, the police uh, arrested Isaiah Stewart last night for reportedly, allegedly, sucker punching Drew Eubanks. Uh, Doc soon. And this was in advance of the game last night. The Monty Williams Bowl should have been a love fest. Doc mentioned Valentine's Day yesterday, but no love lost between Isaiah Stewart and Drew Eubanks. Um, The video will come out. I'm sure TMZ will break somebody off uh, in the uh, Footprint Center. Uh, Pam 25 Gurr, 10 Gurr, they'll get the video. We'll see the video. It happened with the Draymond Green punch on Jordan Poole. And I believe that we will get video here, Doc, of Stewart, again, allegedly punching Drew Eubanks. Obviously, I'll just give you a fantasy spin on this. And it's a dynasty league thing. If you're in a redraft league, Isaiah Stewart's already hurt. And if this bothers you, just cut him. Okay. Nobody's going to be mad at you. Doc, but if you're in a dynasty league and you've got Isaiah Stewart, who was having a good year this year and he was improving this year, um, this is a really bad look for him. You had another incident with another player whose name's escaping me. You had the whole thing with LeBron James that evoked that suspension. Um, where LeBron opened him up and he lost it, okay? And was it a big deal? No, but that's what we're saying. Do front offices around the league view that as a big deal? Bad optics, bad PR? Yeah, probably. And so now we've got one plus one plus one equals three, Doc. And you know how front offices in the NBA work. So, and Isaiah Stewart just got paid by the Pistons. But to me, this is going to be uh, a situation where where I I think teams are going to be looking at Isaiah Stewart as toxic. So from a dynasty perspective, you know, does he have a starting job when he comes back with Detroit? To me, it's it's like a major hit. It's not like Henry Ruggs and what he did off the court, 
right? Where it's just bye, you're done, you're going to jail, okay? Um, but this is something that I think that front offices start to recalculate, and and I just think it's going to hurt his longevity and his sustainable production here down uh, as we move forward. Yeah, I mean, it hurts his stock. I, it's not a career ender. Uh, it hurts his, you know, if he was a college kid, it would hurt his draft stock. You know, he's going to, oh, I don't know if he's a lottery pick anymore. Maybe he'll go late first round. Maybe he'll slip. Um, I, I think it's one of those things. I also think, you know, I always thought that every NBA fight that happened off the court was over a girl or over money. Uh but I, I don't feel like this one has anything to do with either one of those. I don't see these dudes chasing the same uh, women around. I, I don't see these dudes sitting down and playing gin rummy together and racking up a, a big bill, uh, Gilbert Arenas style. But um, I, I, I have a feeling it stems from a previous game and a previous play at some point in their career. And it sounds like it wasn't just a straight sucker punch. It sounds like they got tangled up and were like John face to face. And then beef stew finally had enough and clocked him. Uh, <laughs> either way uh, it's, it's, it, th- it takes me back to the good old days of the NBA when, you know, Jason Kidd and, uh, Jamal Mashburn, all those dudes were all fighting over the same lady in uh, Dallas. And it's the good old days, the Wild West. You are muted, sir. A suspension's going to be coming down on this. And, uh, and and again, guys, it's one plus one plus one. I know how front offices think. Um, I'm, I have way more grace than NBA front offices. Uh, I believe in second chances and third chances and fourth chances and uh, but the, these these guys don't. And you know how the NFL is, Doc. I mean, it, it's one strike and you're out and you're dead to us, right? They don't even mess around at all. Uh, they don't even give you strike two and strike three. All right. So let's talk, uh, uh, Doc, here um, about the All-Star break. We're almost here. We have three more games here tonight. And I know you want to talk about the injury scenarios with Anyeka Kongwu, Jamal Murray, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, Kawhi Leonard. So take us into where you want to go with that. I don't really have anywhere to go. I think Kongwu's I think the all-star break is saving all these guys. Uh, Kawhi needed a day off. I think that's his first missed game since December. Long time. That's hard to believe, but it's true. Kawhi's balling, man. I I got new respect for Kawhi Leonard uh, short-term this year. I I can at least – I can at least say, wow, good job, dude. Way way to come out and and try and – and make everybody take notice of the Clippers and, and put some fear into the hearts of everybody in the West. So good job. DiVincenzo, I don't think that injury is too serious. I think, you know, he missed uh, last night's game. I think he's going to be back right after the break. Jamal Murray, um, thank you for letting me play Reggie Jackson last night and roll him in the FBS and win money off of my boys. Uh, hopefully Murray gets saved by the break as well. Um, I haven't heard as much on his injury, Rick. You may know more about it than I do. Kongwu is going to miss a week, and that's basically the all-star break. They don't play again until, uh, what, next Thursday? Correct, 22nd. So that gives all these guys time to chill and heal, and you're ready to go. So uh, I'm with you on on this. Uh, let's add Bradley Beal to this list as oh, well. Oh, Brad Beal. Yeah, he uh, uh, 
you know, boy oyoing his hammy the other night. Bogle is saying um, that it's not serious. Uh, he's going to have his uh, uh, broken nose fixed here over the All-Star break. Uh, he's going to rehab uh, this hamstring injury. And, you know, I whenever I hear the word hope, it's like, okay, so he's not going to be back after the All-Star break. They hope he's back after the All-Star break. It's going to be a minute. It's a hamstring. It's Bradley Beal. We know how this goes. Not a season ender. Um, and so it's like we've already talked about trying to sell high with Bradley Beal. And, I mean, my God, the ship has just sailed. If you have him in Dynasty, you're stuck with him, and it is what it is. Put him on IL, and when he's healthy, put him in your lineup. And it's just that is what it is. There, there's no more strategy involved here with Bradley Beal. He is a toxic fantasy player at this point. And he's uh, 30 or 31, so, like, nobody's trying to get into the Bradley Beal experience. Trust me, I've got him in the Cam Dynasty. And, you know, I'm getting 18-4-4 and here, Doc. I'm not even getting, like, full Brad Beal numbers anymore. It is what it is. Um, Tom Thibodeau strikes again, Doc. Think about this. And I want to make this, before I even criticize, it's an ironic take from your boy, Cam, on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Before I criticize Tibbs, I want to explain that I'm a fan of Tibbs. He's old school. He plays his guys every game. He plays his guys monster minutes. Let's go win the game today. Okay, win today, I value way more than win tomorrow. Um, but he strikes again. What happened with OG Ananobi? Right elbow thing, right? Surgery out. Uh, uh, and that, that's a wear and tear injury, right? The little bone spur or whatever. Bat, 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 bat. I mean, the minutes for him were crazy. Dante DiVincenzo, the minutes have been crazy. The stats have been crazy. Doing something pops and now he's out. Isaiah Hartenstein, Achilles, wear and tear. So here we go again. Um, Doc, but again, the numbers are phenomenal. We all like that. And we and and so the uh, he said last night, Tibbs did that all these guys are gonna be ready after the all-star break. Um, but Tibbs strikes again. This is what you get. These are not like injuries where you like snap something or you know, tear a labrum or something. These are wear and tear things, um, bored of playing excessive minutes, more minutes than these guys have ever played in their lives. Um, I'm not concerned about Jamal Murray, Doc. Uh, it's a shin thing. He wanted to come back in the Milwaukee game the other night, and the team shut him down. They were getting their asses kicked in that game anyway. Um, so I'm not worried about him being back for the first game after the break. I am worried about Kawhi Leonard because it's Kawhi Leonard and it's an adductor. Law Murray, who covers the team um, for the Athletic, uh, said on Twitter that he would be surprised if Kawhi Leonard played in the All-Star break. He all In the All-Star game, he said he would also be um, expecting Kawhi to be questionable coming out of the All-Star break. So a little bit concerned on that. It's an adductor, it's soft tissue, and it's Kawhi. And then on, on Yekka, um, it's a toe injury, so I'm a little bit concerned about that. Uh, toes are very dicey, um, and Capella uh, is uh, expected to be back after the All-Star break. So, you know, and then the, the Bruno Fernando thing, we can probably send him back uh, to waivers. Let me make this point, Doc, about Kawhi Leonard here. Kawhi Leonard... Um, can, if he wants, hook up DeMontis Sabonis with an all-star, an all-star that he deserves. Uh, Domas leads the league in double-doubles, triple-doubles, and rebounds, and he's having a one-of-one season in NBA history. And this dude needs to be at the all-star game. But Kawhi Leonard has to admit to himself in the world that I can't play on Sunday, allow Adam Silver to name DeMontis Sabonis as the injury replacement. So, Doc, like, to me, Kawhi Leonard, don't make this a game-time decision and bogart this all-star game spot. Do you think Kawhi Leonard's going to play in the All-Star game, Doc? <laughs> has he ever played in one? Is he, how many teams has he made and how many games has he actually played in? I I, I think that might be an interesting uh, number to look at. But, um, yeah, I mean, Sabonis should have made the All-Star team. His numbers are ridiculous. He's He's been on a 
he's been on a you know fu tear ever since <laughs> triple doubling in the first half and just lighting people up um and i think De'Aaron fox has been a little ticked off as well so good for them you know the thibodeau thing is a is a is a tough two-way street for us because you know i get mad at popovich when he rests his guys and babies them and doesn't let them play and then people get mad at Thibodeau when he when he runs guys into the ground so hard that uh they get hurt and and miss time and it hurts their careers like that I guess a happy medium is somewhere in between but I I mean for my money I'd rather have Thibs playing Brunson until he breaks and I know he's gonna be out there for 40 minutes every night than uh playing Wemby 25 minutes a night but whatever He's very fantasy friendly, man. Very fantasy friendly until the guys, you know, blow until the guys on the on the IR until they can't play anymore. Um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. So, uh, all right, let's talk about your guy here, Doc. It's Rick Kamla. It's Steve Alexander. We're the OGs on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast here. Um, Denny Abdia, (laughs) uh, Chris Miller, the play-by-play man for the Wizards, said there's no moral victories, but Denny Abdia became a star last night or something to that effect. Uh, had a massive game, 43 points, 14 rebounds. Doc, you'll love this. Stat had put out, it's an Elvin Hayes stat. His stat line last night hadn't been done in a Wizards or Bullets uniform since Elvin frigging Hayes back in 1977. Sing a song about your boy here. Uh, I don't I don't know if I have a, a song to sing, but, uh, you know, he kind of went off on Monday night. He was flopping around a little bit. Um, he was... Um, Bob and I did a a podcast on Tuesday and Bob was like, you know, I'm fine with FDG. I just can't watch him play. Bob 
Bob Nastanovich, my, my buddy from Pavement, uh, okay. was on. I thought Tuesday. you might have been talking about Bob Raspin or boy, I got to verify there. Uh, it was it was Bobby Bobby Nastanovich and and uh, we were talking about Denny. He's like, I'm just not. It's not a huge huge Denny guy. And I was like, well, I'm not really either. But he's on all my teams, and I like the way he's been playing lately. And you better take notice because he scored like 20 and four of his last five or something. And and then last night he just went off and supposedly against the number one defense against his position as well. I think it was Pelicans and uh man, 43 points and 14 boards for Denny. Um, and I get a lot of texts because he's on almost all my teams and all my teams are winning, you know, winning this year. Like, you know, all of them are top three. Well, except for one. And, uh, I'm I'm down with Denny. I'm I and and man, he may only keep getting better as silly season gets here, and we shut guys down. Um, yeah, Denny's been great. Last two weeks, twenty three nine and three, two point three threes per game. He's really taking off in the three ball area. Um, it's not always been a staple of his game. Over the last month, he's going eighteen eight and three with one point six threes per game. Uh, my problem with Denny Abdia is the lack of stocks. Uh, the blocks, the steals are always very minimal. Uh, you might get one combined per game, might. and uh, But he's a terrific young player. He is. Uh, so feel good about that. Now let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets who are streaking uh, Frank the Tank style circle old school. Trey Mann and Grant Williams, right? The trade. Uh, two trades. The Grant Williams trade involved P.J. Washington. The Trey Mann trade involved Gordon Hayward. And so now you've got these two guys and you're winning. Um, Justin Fensterman, uh, I'm sure you know him, uh, probably buddies with him, Fantasy Sports Radio. Uh, he offered me in the Cam Dynasty um, a pretty meek trade to get Trey Mann. This was after his second game uh, where his stats were like good and encouraging. Um, but hadn't, And then last night he popped. OK, so I had no thought about trading Trey Mann. I picked him up last Thursday morning um, when I heard about the trade. I said, my guy, Trey Mann, has been freed from exile. He is no longer Napoleon on a deserted uh, a tropical island here. He is back and playing. And so I'm very excited about this, Doc. Um, Trey Mann last night, like I said, went off. Uh, in the three games that he has started, and it's very important that he is starting because I think even when LaMelo Ball comes back, Trey Mann will start beside him in that Terry Rozier kind of sidecar uh, situation. But in these three games, Doc, Trey Mann's going 14, 7, and 7 uh, with uh, two steals. And pardon me, that's two threes and 1.3 steals. Two threes, 1.3 steals in three games. Okay. And he's building and building and building and getting better with each game. I am anticipating a triple-double or two here, Doc. I do think he's going to flirt with 20 points most night because he was a big dime guy the first couple games. And then um, and then last night you saw, okay, like I, I'm going to start looking for mine a little bit more. So I'm very excited about the uh, Trey Mann thing. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun watching him in the silly season because, you know, we've gone from having Brandon Miller being the only guy in Charlotte to now we got Trey Mann, we got Grant Williams, and um, you know, I I I recommended on um uh, the other website I write for to to roll Trey Man out there last night. I'm gonna recommend to roll him out there every night, whether it's DFS or whether you can pick him up, uh, whatever. Because where is Lamelo Ball? When are we gonna see Lamelo Ball again? No timetable for his return, Doc. Where have you heard that before? Gosh, dang! I, I tell you, man. I say it every time with those big baller brand shoes. 
<laughs> Took them all out. No, you need to trade me LaMelo Ball in the Cam Dynasty. He's just pissed. Like, he's Steve Francis in Vancouver. He doesn't want to be there. So trade me LaMelo, dude. And he'll get back on the court. I promise. Dude, we should, uh, we should do a live Mellow trade on this podcast next Thursday. <laughs> we should just... We should do, the, do some prep work and then just break it. Just do it all. Do it live. We'll do it live. And then, <laughs> you know, Soren, my son, told me something last night. He goes, Dad, you know that uh, the Mavericks really didn't like Grant Williams. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, none of the players like him. I'm like, why don't they like him? He's like, well, Kyrie, Kyrie couldn't stand him from playing with him in Boston. And Luca didn't like him. And none of them liked him. And that's why they got rid of him, and that's why he stunk so bad while he was there. I was like, well, like him or not, they sort of needed what he what he does, and they didn't utilize him. And, you know, since he's been moved to Charlotte, it's been better. 17 points, seven boards, uh, two steals and a block, maybe, I think. And uh, so maybe we'll get Grant Williams for the rest of the season because when he was in Dallas, it looked like nobody liked him. The I don't look uh, Tim McMahon of ESPN goes in on the mass. He does. Uh, he has gone back and forth with kid. He has gone back and forth with Luca. He's the one reporting all of this stuff about Grant Williams and everybody didn't like him. And he was out of shape, blah, blah, blah. Um, to me, um, and like largely I respect Tim McMahon, but to me, this is reporter gone rogue. Like, like I, I would not be surprised if Mark Cuban like revoked uh, press privileges again. Like it, it's, it's just, it's nonstop. And it's not like criticism or like reporting. It's like hard banging. Um, and so Grant Williams now has probably been put in a box by a lot of front offices because of all this reporting. And as we're seeing, he's not out of shape. He looks just fine in a Charlotte uniform. Now, he was uh, largely garbagey in Dallas, but I'm not talking about interpersonal stuff. I'm talking about me watching the mass and him clunking threes. Luca diming him at the rim with an oh my god pass and Grant Williams fumbles it and doesn't even get the ball up in the air and just stuff like that. Um, you know, picking fights and doing all this. I want to be Draymond Green light stuff. It's like, dude, just play basketball. Okay. And if chippy stuff arises from you just naturally playing basketball, then chippy stuff arises. But don't manufacture it, right? Remember when he poked the bear in the playoffs last year with Jimmy Butler? You don't need to do that. Just play ball. Just play ball, dude. That's all you got to do. Uh, They're by, the way, by the way, the Hornets are 3-0 and with my boy Trey Mann and your boy Grant Williams. Well, I was going to talk about the Mavericks real real quick. Yeah, they won, they've won six in a row. Yes. Uh, they're up to seventh seed in the West. They're only a game behind the Suns and Pelicans. If they can get to number five and flirt with number four, Luka's – MVP chances go way up. And 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 I think we're I think we're gonna start hearing more Luca chatter and more Jason Tatum chatter about MVP uh with Boston run away with the East and and if the Mavs can keep winning and, and Rick, I I think we're gonna talk about it later, but while we're talking about the Mavs, I'm I'm gonna ask the question right now. Did they win the trade deadline by getting Danny Gafford? And PJ Washington giving Luca and Kyrie some help. To me, there's no question about it. And I think the Knicks are second, getting Bojan, getting Burks. Uh, you know, the best they gave up was Grimes there. You didn't give up a first round pick. I thought that was an incredible move by the New York Knicks. And so they're number two for me. But uh Daniel Gafford has been sensational. 
in a Mavericks uniform. And he started last night over Derek Lively, who came back from his injury. And me and Antonio talked, and Antonio Daniels on Give and Go talked about this on deadline day. And he thought that Lively would start Gafford behind him. He uh, And he really didn't have an opinion on PJ. And I'm like, the reason I said Mavs over Knicks, and I still do, is because what the what the Mavericks did was transform their team. The Knicks added to their team. The Mavericks transformed their team. They got two starting front court players with two trades. They give up two future first round picks. So what? Let's get good. Kyrie and Luca. Boom. Now Dallas is really dangerous and really exciting. And they're rolling. They're playing defense. They're scoring. They've got the most talented backcourt in the NBA with Luca and Kyrie. And so now they got a chance, Doc. And because of those trades, I was looking at Dallas as a one-and-done playoff team before those trades. I now look at Dallas as a legit contender in the West, like they might win the West. I wouldn't pick them over the big four, uh, you know, maybe not even over the Lakers. I'm just saying, like, to me, the possibilities are kind of endless for Dallas right now. If Mavericks fans want to dream big and start thinking about goal balls, um, I say knock yourself out because Daniel Gafford is a stud, okay? And P.J. Washington's inconsistent. He is. But he has big nights. He's a solid player, does a lot of good things. And, and that's he's kind of a glue guy, right? That's all they need. You don't need a whole lot more scoring punch. You got THJ off the bench bringing 15 to 20. Dude, the Mavs are good to go. Yeah, that's what I think. That's why and I think Luca's MVP odds are still ridiculous. I mean, I, I think if you've got a, a hundred bucks to throw right now, I throw it at Luca and see what happens because I think they're going to keep winning in the second half. And Luca. Lucas shooting career best from the free throw line. He's o- over 77. He's uh over 40. He's at 49 from the field. And, you know, he's top five in almost every statistical category there is. And he's just rolling right now. He's cooking. He's he's uh moving in slow motion. He's not forcing things. He's not I haven't heard a lot of uh oh Lucas whatever hurts he's just chilling <laughs> and just balling on people and uh, they're fun man um doc so the odds here uh on DraftKings, luca is a plus 1100 to an mvp and i think that's outstanding value ridiculous value and I'm like actually- you were talking about the other day you're like jason tatum's numbers don't pop you guess whose numbers do pop lucas like lucas pop hard so i'll i'll let you finish um, they do. They do. Uh, well, I'll spare you the Beavis and Butthead reference right there. I'll just give you the, <laughs> um, um, I think Jason Tatum's really good value here too, at a plus 6,000 doc. They're going to have the best record in the NBA. They're lapping the Eastern conference right now. This is MVP stuff. And Tatum does not have a, an MVP stat line like Giannis does, like Luca does, like Jokic does, like SGA does. He doesn't. He's at like 28, 7 and 4, 28, 8 and 4, whatever that looks like. The key um, is the wins. And, and you know, God forbid anybody gets hurt. Okay, Doc. And, and Boston's really good at, re- I mean, I hate it, but like last night, Jalen Brown rested. Um, they have these spots where they're just, we're going to cook this team by 20 with or without these guys. So let's rest them. And it's annoying, but it's what they do. But um, Jason Tatum looks championship ready to me, Doc. Why didn't he beat Golden State in the 22 finals? Turned the ball over too much and uh, wasn't making teammates better. And it came down to him making or missing shots. You had Wiggins on him, put a blanket on him, and you lose. Okay, What I'm seeing now and the transformation he needed to make was to diversify his game. 
You can't just be an offensive supernova and win it all. You can't. You got to do more. All the great ones have way more in their bag than that. So Tatum this year has dropped the turnovers. He, the assists are up. And, and he's got all these games right with eight dimes and nine dimes. And you know what he's doing, um, Doc? And I know you see this as well. It's, it's drives and kicks. It's very, very basic stuff. We don't need Magic Johnson out there, okay? Drive, gravity sucks into you, creating all kinds of gravity and room for whoever you want to pass the rock to. And it's a super effective um, mode of offense for them as opposed to iso ball. And it's my turn, and then it's Brown's turn, and then it's Tatum's turn. Um, I think Tatum and the Celtics are looking super championship ready right now, Doc. I do still like SGA to plus 260. He's my pick for MVP right now. Um, and Luke at a plus 1,100, Tatum at a plus 6,000. I am totally off on Jokic at a minus 165. Like, he might win it, but I don't like the odds. And I, I like the value with these other guys here. And, and again, Jokic is not my MVP right now. ESPN straw poll that literally just came out yesterday had Jokic leading it, and that's very important. It involves the voters themselves, but uh, not me. I'm an SGA guy. Well, and it's all, it's hard to make your numbers pop when you're on a – such a well-rounded team and you're playing a forward position where you're not asked to dominate everything that's happening on the team. Um, he gets steals, he gets blocks, he hits threes. I mean, he just does everything he's supposed to do, but he just doesn't usually do it in loud fashion. He did have 41 and 14 on Tuesday. That was sort of like, you know, Hey, MVP wake up call dude scored 41, 14 boards and five triples. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think when it all comes down to, to it at the end, they're going to be like, man, Jason Tatum was by far the most important and best player on the best team in the league. Uh, we we got to think about voting for him for MVP. But we'll he was uh, the last time me and AD did it over on uh, Give and Go. I believe I had SGA, uh, then Jokic, then Tatum, then Luka. So th these are the guys, okay? Uh, now that Embiid is out, these are the guys uh, that have crystallized a little bit, I think, at the top. Um, you know, you can extend it. You know, Brunson should get some fringe love. Mitchell should get some fringe love. Sabonis should get some fringe love. But it's fringe love, okay? That doesn't mean, uh, is that a band? Is that a new song? I don't know. Is it on the pop charts? Fringe love. I, I think Beyonce should maybe rock with that and give you some royalties on it. But a uh, little bit of fringe love, but not core love. And you need core love to win the award. Doc, is it Thompson Twins season? Or is this short-lived right now? Is this circumstantial right now with the Thompson Twins? I mean, my favorite fantasy basketball term is silly season. And welcome to silly season. Those dudes play for the Rockets and they play for the Pistons. That is, I mean, we're here. It is silly season. What's going on with Detroit, by the way? Uh, like, uh, I don't even know. But yeah, over the last two weeks, we've seen Sarah Thompson finally get some burn, finally get some run. 11 points, six boards, two and a half stocks. Um, the last two weeks for a man, Thompson, his brother. Well, last night he had 19 and 12. That was fun. Uh, I recommended him as a, as a power play last night as well. Uh, last two weeks, he's averaging a double-double with four assists, 2.4 stocks. Uh, it is silly season. It is Thompson season. Uh, both of these guys should be rostered everywhere. If you have to pick one, Pick them both up. Here's okay. the problem with Amen, because I agree with everything you're saying right there. But long-term sustainability, um, I question with Amen. Um, I'm very well documented on NBA radio in here. 
uh, that I love Ahmed Thompson. I believe he should be playing um, a lot. Uh, Batari Eason took his minutes early, all right? And then now you've got Aaron Holiday surging. Ime Odoka really likes Aaron Holiday, and, and he's in the way. Fred Van Bleet's going to come back from, is it an adductor, doc? I forget at this point, but he uh, was shut down through the All-Star break. Hopefully we'll be back after the All-Star break for Houston. And so then that's going to be another blockage for uh, Amen. And then, you know, Tari Eason, hopefully, I mean, my God, he's still out, right? This is crazy. We don't even know what the injury is. Really weird. Uh, but what if Tari Eason comes back? And then you've got uh, Cam Whitmore surging, you know, giving um, Ime another button to push. So I think, um, I, I don't I don't think Houston uh, Doc is ready to hit silly season, as you say, and and just start playing the young dudes and run them out. Like I've been saying all year, Ime Odoka uh, came here to win, and he came here to win as much as he can. They are three games out of the PIT right now at 24 and 30, and, and I think they're going to try to hang in there and make the play in tournament. So that is going to lead to me to potential buzzkillville, depending on these other guys coming back from injuries. Now, Osar, I think he's good to go. And even the other night, Doc, they started Cade, they started Ivy, they started your boy Fontecchio and Osar and uh, Jalen Duran. okay? Well, check this out. Isaiah Stewart had a foothold in that starting five. He's been hurt. Now we got this, okay? So I don't see him coming back. They got their new toy in Fontecchio. I see what they're doing here. They want a long stretch four, like Bojan, okay? Standing in the corners, catching and shooting. Standing on the wings, catching and shooting. He's going to be that guy for them. And then you got Osar, who's the Sikkim defender. You got your hot shot offensive guys in the backcourt. You got Duran grabbing 20 rebounds a game. Wash, rinse, repeat. So um, so I, I think Osar is good to go. Amen, I've got some questions about. I would just say enjoy it while it lasts uh, with Amen right now. And the, uh, the goodies have been um, nice. Now, uh, I know you want to talk about Keontae George here, um, Doc. Started the last couple of games last night. Pretty good game. Against the Lakers in 33 minutes, 13, 5, and 7. Tell us more, man. I don't have a lot to say. They, they have come out and the coach has come out and said he, uh, Keontae George is going to start the rest of the way. Right. And the day he said that, Keontae George did absolutely nothing. Like, if you look at the game before last night, um, a lot of people were excited, like, oh, Keontae's going to start the rest of the way. I can kind of take a deep breath, go all in on him. He's going to be good to go. And then he did nothing. And then I locked in on him last night, put him in my DFS lineup. He went off, not, not a huge game, but a very solid, solid line. Um, and as long as I know they're going to roll with him the rest of the way, like I, I'm officially locked into uh, Keontae George the rest of the way. Like pick him up, put him on your roster, turn him loose every night, take the good games with the bad ones, but know that he's going to be out there every night playing big minutes. Um Unlike, you know, Eamon Thompson, to your point, in Houston, I don't know if Fred Van Vliet's coming back and playing full load of minutes for Houston down the stretch when it really probably doesn't matter that much. Cam Whitmore is now the same place Tory Easton is gone. We went through the Whitmore phase, and I think it might be – it might have run its course. The Tory Easton phase for this season ran its course. Have you noticed Alperin Shingun running out of gas over the last two weeks? Like the numbers are dipping, dude. Like, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Holiday and Amen Thompson both play a bunch of minutes down down the stretch. I mean, Houston knows they've got a lot invested in Amen Thompson. They know what Fred Van Van Vliet can do. Even coaches like Detroit and Houston's 
know that at some point you got to throw in the towel and and silly season will take over. So I'm not I'm not worried like you are about amen. And I'm definitely not worried about Keontae. Uh, that is Dr. A, Steve Alexander. I'm Rick Campbell. We're the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Uh, glad to have you guys and girls along for the ride. We are going to take some of your comments and questions here in a moment. Uh, prepare yourself for some low efficiency uh, with the uh, field goal shooting from Keontae George. But other than that, um, I dig it. Quick note on Rui Hachimura. He spiked up last night, career-high 36 points, made six threes in uh, the Lakers' impressive win at Utah without LeBron James. Uh, Rui is a thing, okay, but he's uh, – and, he, and I think he's a long-term thing, but he's not that great of a thing. The reason I say that, he's not a banger from the three-line every game. He has these games where he gets hot, and he may go the next two games without a three. He also brings nothing in the defensive categories at all. Like, it might be .3 blocks and .4 steals. Like, it's grotesque. It's R.J. Barrett bad in terms of how bad his defensive numbers are. So know that. But if you can use 15 to 20 points per game efficiently um, with, like, a 5 to 7 rebound thing and maybe about a 3 per game, if that sounds appealing to you, then go pick up Rui Hachimura because he is the new starting 3 for this team. They're 5-0 and oh with Rui Hachimura starting. And I believe Darvin Ham has found something here. Um, he's a terrific offensive option in the post, uh, in the mid-range, at the three-line, um, and it gives LeBron another option. And uh, and they've been searching, right? It's been Prince. It's been Reddish. It's been all these guys. And finally, I think they got some traction here with Rui. So if 15 to 20, five to seven boards, efficiency, if that works for you, then go pick up Rui Hachimura. Um, did you have a comment on that, Doc? And you're good with Rui on nights when both AD and, and LeBron are playing? I mean, again, we're you're probably going to be in the 10 to 15 point zone at that point. Um, like I said, I, I think what's a thing is the minutes in the starting job. What you know, what stats we get here, he's going to score 10 plus, I believe, even when LeBron and Davis are in there. And I believe he's going to hover around 15. But then you're going to get nights like last night where and and look, LeBron and Davis, they're going to find rest games, and that Rui's going. Look, the other night when um, when LeBron and Davis were healthy, and I forget who they were playing, at the beginning of the game, it was the Rui show. It was setting them up, setting them up, getting them ball, ball in the post. He had like 10 of their first 13 points or something like that, or seven of their first 10 points. And I was like, aha. Like, you could tell that they have found something that they like in Rui, um, and especially in the pinch post and in the low block, in the pinch post where he can get it with the back to the basket and then turn around and face the dude. And he can go right. He can go left. He can do that little that little fade back um, midi that he's got. Um, I just I just it's about role, right? And about volume and about minutes. Um, I wish the stats were better. I wish he brought the fantasy goal, Doc. He does not bring the fantasy goal. Got you. What's next? What's next on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast is Precious Achua. Ooh, Doc, nasty. 23-14 and five last night. Let me bring you back to a decision um, in the Cam Dynasty. So Scott Messina is in this league. Um, I, I had Isaiah Hardenstein, and he was balling. And then he hit a little skid uh, where the numbers were in. I was like, oh, my man's out of gas. Uh, Tibbs ran him into the ground. Okay, so I trade him to Scott Messina for a second-round pick next year. And then I and this was right after the Achua trade, Doc. And I went and picked up Precious Achua thinking that he was going to ascend – and make it a 50-50 split or whatever, right? And so uh, and so from that moment on, Isaiah Hardenstein went on an Anthony Davis binge, okay? That was 
15 and 19 with three and three, like crazy numbers. I'm like, oh my God, that was such a bad trade. And I still regret that trade, Doc. But I picked up Precious and I hung in there with Precious and pop. So I was right about Precious Achua's role expanding with the New York Knicks. I was wrong about Isaiah Hardenstein. Totally wrong about that. But here's the thing, Doc. Here's why it's important that Precious Achua is starting at the four. If he was starting at the five and Randall comes back, then he goes back to fantasy irrelevance, okay? But because he's at the four, that tells you that Tibbs is going to leave him there. So Hardenstein's going to get all of his stuff as the center. Achua's going to keep, and, and Randall's going to miss, obviously, a ton of time here. So is good to go. He is green lit. There is, I don't, uh, the guy that's going to come back and buzzkill him is Julius Randall and Doc. We have no idea when he's going to come back. So it is a primrose path here for Precious. I agree. Like I, I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't know if Precious Achua had this kind of game in him. But, you know, over the last two weeks, 14, 12 um, steals, blocks, he, he, he'll hit a three. Like, he's just uh, – I tell you what, the Knicks have overcome a massive trade that people weren't sure they won. Uh, they've overcome a huge injury to, to Julius Randle arguably their their second best player. Hartenstein, Hartenstein's been hurt in and out of the lineup forever. Uh, somebody else went down for them too. And yet they just keep winning and keep balling. And like, it's kind of a fun year to be a Knicks fan, I think. I mean, it's it's uh, it might be a dream year. They got to get their guys healthy, but the way they defend, uh, they have shot makers. Um, there's a whole love fest going on there right now. Tell the people about Gigi Jackson, Doc. Yeah. Uh, he kind of sort of went off last night. Yeah, that's your guy, man. Uh, you know, it's tough right now when you're setting a FanDuel lineup. You got to be very careful to dodge the guys who are in the G League for one night. And uh, I had Jacob Gilliard in a lineup one night when he was in the G League. They can get you with Gigi Jackson at times as well. But, man, he came back, had, a, had another great line. Um, Jalen Johnson is still out there playing or not Jalen Johnson, Jaron Jackson Jr. still out there every night playing for Memphis, but we just don't know how long that's going to last. I think everybody is, I mean, we've been talking about it for two months. Um, eventually the shutdown is coming. We just don't know when. When it does, Gigi Jackson is going to be unleashed and uh, is going to just go off. And didn't they sign him to a regular contract? Like he's no longer going to the G League, correct? That's um, correct. So, yeah, what do you do, 20 and 9 with uh, – Three steals and three blocks last night? Uh, three threes, three blocks, man. Um, I love the uh, defensive activity. Um, so the thing with Gigi Jackson is, Doc, the kid is talented. I think the Memphis Grizzlies have found their power forward of the future. Personally, I do. So next year, when everybody's healthy and presumably out of the penalty box, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Gigi Jackson, uh and then Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, and Ja Morant in a three-guard look. What? Who doesn't love that? You've got your grimy defensive guy in Smart who can guard all five positions. You've got Morant. You've got Bain who are phenomenal. Um, you've got Gigi Jackson catching and shooting, making some defensive plays. And then you've got um, your man in the middle in Jaron Jackson Jr. Hello? So I don't think this is just a silly season run here for Gigi Jackson. He is the youngest player in the league. He's a hot shot now for this team right now. And he fell in the doghouse for the previous game. He did something, some violation of team rules. And uh, and Taylor Jenkins said, you're not playing tonight. 
and I like it, right? Establish culture, let the kid know, and we have rules here, and you're balling, and we love you, but you can't play tonight. And so then Gigi comes back last night with 20-9 and nine with three blocks and three steals very efficiently. It was very consistent throughout the game. That's what I'm talking about, Doc. Over the last two weeks, Gigi has gone 15-5 and five with one, one, and one in the assist blocks and steals with two threes per game. Over the last week, is a 21 and six uh, with three threes per game. And Doc, I don't know about you, but I see the playing time increasing. I see the uh, usage rate and the shot attempts increasing. And I see no end in sight with that. You know what I'm saying? So I think Gigi Jackson, um, and people joke about this from fantasy platforms. It's kind of funny, but they say, you know, league winner. And we talk about that in football all the time. Like Raheem Mostert was a league winner, right? And he was. Um, but Gigi Jackson, I think, has the legit chance to be a league winner for people, Doc. I think Trey Mann has a chance to be a league winner, as in you're rolling, you got your squad, and you just take a syringe and shoot these guys into your lineup at this time, and now you're headed forward uh, for a stretch run for a fantasy championship. I think we're going to look back and say Gigi Jackson and Trey Mann were league, win- were league winners. Well, I think Kuminga is right there. Vince Williams is probably right there. Uh, any of these guys that – that you know, and it seemed like it all it all happened at about the same time this season. It was about a month ago. You could kind of see these guys like, like oh, Kuminga, Kuminga's doing something. Maybe I should grab him. Uh, Precious Achua is, is in New York. Maybe I should grab that guy. Um, Vince Williams. There's nobody else to play in Memphis right now. Maybe I should grab that guy. So those those guys are all going to be sort of like league winners. And you know. The one year, Rick, that I did win 30 deep, uh, I played you in the finals, 2011. So that's uh, what a long time ago, 13, 14 years ago. And you know who my uh, my championship season-winning player was that year? I can't I, remember. I picked up Jeremy Lin. Oh, come on. Two, did, did I lose the 30 deep trip to Linsanity? Are you serious that- right now? Yeah. Is that how that I went? I picked up Jeremy Lin. Oh my god. 2 days before he went nuts in New York, before Lin's sanity, and he turned my entire season around. Well, my team was good. He made it great. Yeah, <sighs> sorry. Sorry, dude. No, I mean it's fine. It's it's uh I, I'm so happy you got a chip, man. It's one of those things. It's like if Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh play in the Super Bowl, right? It's like, I mean, I'm devastated that I lost, but my homie just won, right? And so, you know, for uh, Jim Harbaugh, his brother won. And by the way, that was some BS. Remember how mugged Crabtree was in the end zone at the end of that game? Um, boy, the Niners, man. You want to talk about heartbreakers, dude. You lose to the Ravens on that play. You lose to uh, uh, the Chiefs like four years ago when Jimmy G overthrows Emmanuel Sanders. Um, you lose on the Kyle Shanahan, um, take the ball first bull crap in overtime. And obviously other reasons and a lot of other contexts, but you know, the Chiefs were like, oh, my God, they just gave us the game. Can you believe how dumb they are? Like, insane, right? They've literally they, – they could have the lab, they could have those three chips, Doc, and they have they have none of them. Um, they have none of them. And Kyle Shanahan, oh, my God. But, yeah, Doc, if, if – Literally if, handed Tom Brady and Bill Belichick a championship, the 28-3, to three, literally said, here you go. He could have just taken a knee, Doc. Take a knee, take a knee, take a knee, tap it a field goal, and you win the Super Bowl. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, dude. Literally handing away the Lombardi. If uh, if Jaron Jackson Jr. is shut down, Gigi Jackson is going to go on an Anthony... Uh, what's my guy's name? Ant- 
Ant, Ant-Man, Ant, uh... Edwards. Oh, the Warriors back in the day. Anthony Rudolph. Randolph. <laughs> Randolph. Wait, hold on. Was it Rudolph or Randolph? It's Randolph. Ant Rand. Where am I getting Rudolph from? I don't know. It was, it was Anthony Randolph. I, Dude, you God, and I, I, do you remember his spike game at the Summer League when he had like 38 points or something? Do you remember that game? Yeah. I called that game for NBA TV. I literally <laughs> called the Anthony Randolph. Oh my God, who is this guy? What is he doing? I love his game. Wow, I can't wait for his day. You know, I literally called that game. Well, we, you and I sat in my family room back in 2006 and watched Ant Rand go on a three-week tear in March and April <laughs> where he just set the world on fire. And Gigi Jackson is going to do that if and when they shut Jaron Jackson Jr. down. I agree, man. I agree. He's um, gonna go nuts. Hey, let's uh, I, 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 let's take some comments here in a minute. I, I, I gotta check a Twitter poll on this. I gotta ask you this question, man. Um, and it's uh, it's about Clay Thompson and Brandon Pajemski. Obviously, Clay Clay Thompson had like the mental error of the year last year, uh, fouling after last that night, made right? bad. I mean, my God, with 32 seconds left, it's a three point game. Come on, dude. Um, it, it literally it was Kadarius Tony esque. Uh, it really was. Um, and and Poge uh, had played so well to get them back in that game. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, so I asked the question on Twitter, is it time for the Warriors to start Poge over Clay? 78% of people are saying Poge needs to start over Clay, um, including me. Okay. Can't vote on my own Twitter poll at Rick Camla Sports if you guys want to weigh in on that. But Clay Thompson is so hit and miss with the shot, Doc. His defense absolutely sucks. And now he's making mental errors in the clutch, which are costing you games. What more does Steve Kerr need to see to bring this dude off the bench as the new Jordan Poole? Because, Doc, that's who Clay Thompson is right now. When you are a streaky shooter and that's the only thing you bring to the wood, like an Alec Burks, okay, what happens? Come off the bench. You play a lot when you're when you on a heater. And then they collapse your minutes when you're not. And that's what the Warriors need to do with Clay Thompson right now. And who was the best player on the dubs outside of Steph Curry last night, it was Poge, and it oh, wasn't it wasn't even close, dude. Poge was balling out, and he's diving on the court. He's hustling everywhere. He's going crazy. He's making plays. He's bombing threes, like clutch, clutch stuff. And you know, uh, my buddy Yuri texts me last night. She's like, "The Warriors are back. They were up ten, you know, with like five to play or three to play." And it all kind of unraveled, and it unraveled mainly because of Clay. And I, I mean, I'm I'm with you, man. It, I think everybody in Dub Nation wants to see Poge out there. Clay still is like, oh, I felt good last night. I felt normal. I hit some shots. Uh, everything felt normal for once. Okay, well, if it, if it only felt normal once this year, and he didn't say once, I, I inserted that in there. But essentially what he's saying is, for once, I didn't feel, um, wonder why I wasn't playing at the end of the game or my shot was not falling. I, everything felt normal for once. Um, if, if that's where we're at with Clay, that's not a good place to be. And this, you know, Golden State needed that win last night. It was going to be six or seven in a row heading into the break. All the momentum shift. Everything was like, okay, now we're now we're back. Now we can get ready for this stretch run. People call it the second half of the season. It's not. It's the last third. That drives me nuts, Rick. Uh, but 
all that momentum got taken away. And most of it, I think, is because of that dumb play that Clay made when he fouled that guy. And um, I, I, I don't know what more Kerr needs to hear or see before he makes a move. And he's an impending free agent who may leave for another team. Like I, you know what I mean? I, and I, I was pretty um, aggressive about this on NBA radio, wanting the Warriors to uh, not give him away, but like hard shop him before the deadline. They didn't want to do that. And now look at him. Uh, Pajemski, by the way, is 49% rostered in Yahoo leagues. And I just looked that up and it shocked me. I thought it would be at 74, 79. I don't know like the majority um, rostered. It's not the case. 49% rostered, which I'm sure is a number you can copy and paste across a bunch of different uh, fan tracks, ESPN, uh, World of Wire, whatever platform you're playing fantasy on. Um, so uh, so just know that and, and go out and get Poge if he's out there on waivers because uh, the like I, the numbers are going up. They're not coming down, Doc. I, I, I only see like lightness uh, with his numbers going forward. And Golden State's one of a few teams that plays three games next week, too. Most of them are twos. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if he's sitting out there in your league, you should probably run, don't walk to your waiver wire and pick him up. You want to roll through some of these comments, dude? Why don't you pull them up? Let's uh, let's talk to the people, man. Let's pull them up. <clears throat> uh, did I miss any talk on Grant Williams? Yes, you did. Uh I, I, I'm not going to put the question up there. I'm just going to say Rick and I both agree that he looks a lot better. Um, he looks a lot better in Charlotte than he did in Dallas. Uh, to me, it's, it's intangible. It's, 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 I test up. It's just, um, it didn't work. It wasn't a fit. And now he's in a place that really values him. Think about this doc, the Charlotte Hornets traded for Grant Williams, who reportedly had all these issues with the Mavericks and stuff. And was it true? I don't know. But think about this. Charlotte just traded for Grant Williams at the beginning of a four-year and $53 million contract. So they made the decision, this is a free agent move for us. We are basically making a free agent signing right here. So they are throwing love into this man. And they're, they're it, Grant Williams is going to give you some goodies here down the stretch for sure. And then this one is interesting from Old Yeast. <laughs> uh, Gafford or Lively? Well, guess what? Dallas has both of them. Two rim protectors to make their playoff push here down the stretch. I'm, I'm so psyched uh, for me. It's Gafford, Rick. I'm sure for you, it's Gafford as well. It is. Uh, and, and look, this may turn into a 24, 24 split doc at center. Uh, kind of like the, uh, the, the Robinstein, right. That we had with uh, Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, and, and why would, why would kid play Kleba or Powell any minutes at the five right now? You don't have to, but I think that, um, Gafford's going to be more in maybe the like the 26 to 28 and, and lively maybe in the more 20 to 22 kind of thing. Um, Gafford's just a better basketball player at this point in their careers, right, Doc? So Gafford's the guy there. This is good from Mr. A, uh, my brother, Mr. A. Do <laughs> I drop Io Dasumu for Gigi Jackson? And Dasumu's been playing good. I mean, I would say, is your team that good? Io's literally your last guy. I got to get into some Gigi. If if I got to drop the sumo, I got to drop the sumo. And Doc, here's another thing to think about with this. Um, it's it's easy to find. Well, let me phrase it this way: It's easier to find guards on the waiver wire than it is to find forwards on the waiver wire. So that's why if I were caught in between, like what Gigi is bringing from that PF spot is rarer than what Io is bringing from that guard spot. And let's go to Peter R. I have OG and Capella on my IL. When they become available, who do I drop? Jabari Smith, Danny Gafford, 
Marvin Bagley, Jalen Suggs, or Io DeSumo? I think Bagley and Io. Uh, obviously, very tough decisions here. Um, Bagley, I, I don't, I didn't see his stat line last night, Doc, but I saw the previous game and it was, it was really good. Io's been balling. Um, Suggs, ah. But Suggs is going to be there. Like Bagley gets hurt all the time. Io may go back to the bench as Billy Donovan shakes things up. Like Suggs is at least going to start. But Suggs, you know, Doc is giving you good steals, like 1.4, about two threes per game. You know, but it's like 12, 13 points, two, three rebounds, two, three assists. So he's kind of like. There's seven point guards in Orlando. Yeah. And uh, uh, Jalen Suggs is a lot like Caruso in fantasy and on the court. Um, really good with the fantasy gold. Uh, the points, rebounds, and assists are light. Um, but uh, that, that'd be what I do. I, I would hold Suggs just because I know he's going to have a role with that team. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a Jalen Suggs guy. I love the dog. I love that dog right there. Is Clint Capella going to be a must-have guy when he comes back? 100%. Has, has Kongwu taken over? No, um, I don't believe so. Well, here's the thing, Doc, especially with this injury now to Onyeka, right? The takeover might have been on, but if Capella comes back first and he's back in that starting lineup and he's given them, you know, 13 points and 12 rebounds and a block and a half and 25 minutes or whatever it is, which which is the Clint Capella experience, then when Anyeka comes back, he'll come off the bench. So I think Capella's going to keep that spot. But uh, no, I, I think Capella's going to have value the rest of the year for sure. Look at this. Jay Sizzle. He actually sent this long before we talked about Clay. I wanted to drop and Trey. I wanted to drop Clay Thompson for Trey Mann in a 10-team head-to-head league. Is this a good a good idea? Do it now. Stop talking to us. Go make the move. <laughs> I mean, Trey, the, the goodies are there. I mean, Trey Mann's flirting with triple doubles around here, Doc. This is not like, you know, points and assists and some threes. Like, he is, he's putting it in the box score, man. Um, Rick, here's the problem with a 10 team league, right? Brian says, is it time to drop Keegan Murray? I mean, a 10 team league. So he's got Paul Reed, Gigi Jackson, Poge, Amen Thompson, all the guys we talked about today. They're all sitting out there on the waiver wire. And like, how do you make these decisions, um, as to which one of these studs to pick up? Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, like you really got to get into the schedule and really got to, you got to get into breaking down how the rest of the season is going to play out. This one's really, really hard. Uh, like Doc said, I don't play uh 10 man leagues. Um, 12 is the, is the minimum. The more teams, the better. I love a 20. I love a 16. Why? Because Doc and I know more than most people. Okay. And the farther you go into the fringe and in the weeds of basketball advantage us. That's why I like the bigger leagues. Um, but football as well, same exact thing. IDP leagues, I love them. Why? Because a lot of people don't know the defensive side of the football. It's an inherent advantage that we have. Um, back to our story because I'm stalling here. I hate the idea of dropping Keegan Murray. Okay, I'll just say that. Um, Poge would be my pickup here. If my man Brian B just has that itch and has got to move Keegan Murray and you got to pick up one of these guys, I would go get Poge because I think that maybe this Clay Thompson thing we're talking about is going to happen. But Doc, he brings so much to that box score, man. It's it's PRA, it's steals, it's threes. Like I'm a, I'm a poach guy, and it's very it'd be between him and Gigi, Doc. But I would go poach. And and you maybe just stream that position the rest of the way. Whoever, whichever of those four guys has the most games the next week, 
drop one and pick him up because we know Poge has three games next week. Um, that's automatic. Pick him up, see how he does next week, and then you'll either you'll know your your body will tell you, ooh, I want to drop him, but I can't. It's not letting me do it because he's so damn good. Um, let's see, Lumod, right? Uh, who should I drop? to pick up Scoot Henderson. And I don't know that we're going to have a good answer, an answer he wants to hear here, Rick. Uh, do I drop Vince Williams, Gigi Jackson, or Derek Lively to get Scoot Henderson? Scoot Henderson's hurt right now, right? Um, uh, let me check the, uh, let me check the latest Portland box score here, doc. Uh, I don't, I don't think he's hurt, um, but I would drop uh, just as we speak right here. And I'll verify this. I would drop Lively. Um, to pick up Scoot. Let me go to this Timberwolves game from a couple of nights ago. I seem to remember Scoot playing and playing well in this game. Scoot That's had a, uh, 14 and 9 and 34 minutes off the bench. So I would drop Lively and I would pick up some Scoot. All right, dude. Well, Rick, I think we are uh, I think we're out of time. I think it's time to it's time to move on. We Get can on take a bonus the- comment or two if you want. We, you know, you we want- we could I'm you just saying. A- a bonus, a bonus comment. Let's, we could, we could do a ball uh, like, like, uh, like stoppage time in a soccer match. We're friendly like that. If there's not another comment, then deuces. But I mean, I'm just saying. We've covered a lot of ground here today, Doctor A. We've kind of, we've kind of cranked through it. I feel like. Uh, here we go. We'll do this one for uh, Michael Chang, Iodesumu, or Osir Thompson. Give me some Osir. Give me some Osar. I'm not. I'm not worried about his PT the rest of the way. I'm worried about Amen's PT the rest of the way. I'm not worried about Osar's PT. Give me Osar. I think we finally turned the corner on Osar. It went from where he was not rosterable to where he sort of has to be uh, rostered at this point. Why did I think Scoot was was hurt? I don't know what's going on there, but uh, yeah, that that's a tough one. These ten team ad drops are so hard. Get two more guys in your leagues next year. <laughs> Right. If you, hey, invite me and Doc. Okay, if it's a legit yeah. league, invite me and Doc. I'll take your invite. Okay, I don't. I don't like playing Yahoo free public leagues anymore. They're like, it's just it becomes minutia. Okay, I like I like like creative leagues, different leagues, uh, very very competitive leagues. Uh, the more team members in the league, the better. Uh, and we'll uh, holler at us, man. Holler at us. Rick. Are you doing anything chill over the All Star break? Are you gonna like just? Are you gonna step away for the weekend and and not? No, nah, I'm still on, I'm still on the grind, man. Um, NBA radio show tomorrow, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, then I'm back on Mad Dog Radio on Saturday uh, in the noon to 4 p.m. Eastern window. You know, Sunday, get to chill. Monday, right back to work uh, on NBA radio, breaking down the All-Star game, man. I'm chasing checks around here. Doc, I got to make my money. I hear you, dude. I'm, I'm taking this weekend off. It's going to be Doc season. All right, man. That's the end of the Rotowire Basketball Podcast. We will be back a week from today, Thursday at 11. I'll be back on Tuesday with a special guest. I don't even know who it is yet. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the All-Star break. Um, Let's hope for a good dunk contest. That's all I really want. Indianapolis, my hometown. All right. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.